Welcome back to On the Record. I'm Sheila Cast. Here's a stoop story from Lori James Towns about the importance of bearing witness. Towns is currently the executive director of the National Association of Public Defense. In her appearance at Stoop Storytelling, she talked about her experience as a forensic social worker as part of a legal team. Her role was to collect the stories of clients as a way of presenting the case of the accused as a whole person and not represented only by their crime. In 1992, very early in her career, she got a call to meet with Wesley Eugene Baker, a 33-year-old man convicted of murder. Her job was to gather information to share with the judge during his trial. Ultimately, the information would help the judge decide if Baker would be sentenced to life in prison or be sentenced to death. The story begins when she first meets Baker in a detention center in Harford County, Maryland. I came into the room. There Wesley was. His eyes were dark but thoughtful, inquisitive but also very sad and hopeless. We sat down together and I began to tell him why I was there, to get his story. I can't really remember the details of that conversation, but I know that I was with him for quite a long time. I shared with him the bits that his mother gave me as well before I met with him. And a few days later, I walked into the courtroom to tell the judge what I thought was a story that would save his life. A tumultuous childhood marred by trauma and sadness. He didn't want this story to come out because he really loved his mother and he didn't want her to be embarrassed or shamed. So I told the story anyway. The judge in turn said, after hearing his story, I'm not surprised he turned out to be a monster and he sentenced him to die. What was supposed to be a very short encounter with Wesley ended up being a 14-year journey. During that journey, we would talk We would share letters, and there would be visits, hours and hours upon conversations we've had, dozens and dozens of letters. Our time together wasn't always consistent, but when we did get together, we picked up where we left off. Every time he had a court hearing or something happened, I was deeply involved. I watched his transformation. I watched him go from a man who wasn't sure where he fit into a world to a man to show love, caring, he became he was a father he became a grandfather he became caring and doting actually over his mother i went from being his social worker to being his friend and i must admit that over the time we let our guard down when more, when maryland had a moratorium on the death penalty i thought that his life was saved for good but in 2003 the moratorium was lifted and wesley's name it rose to the top And so on this day that comes to my mind so vividly, it was snowing outside. I got a call from Wesley letting me know that where he was, and I told him I would be there to see him soon. Wesley was at the penitentiary, at the death watch chamber. We had a visit the night before, and we exchanged letters on my way out the door. Wesley's letter shared his concern and worrying for me and his mother, and also wanted to make sure that I didn't feel any way about the fact that he was in the predicament that he was in. He didn't want me to have any guilt or sadness. My letter, in turn, apologized for all the things that I didn't even have anything to do with. His childhood, his trauma, the lack of intervention, the lack of prevention, the inability to have any sort of reconciliation with the victim's family, because I knew that that brings about healing. 
We shared these letters the night before. That was on my mind on my way to the penitentiary. When I got to the penitentiary, there was a big room. And in the room, there was a cell. And in the cell, there sat Wesley. In front of the cell, there was a big, bold line with letters in red that said, do not cross. I couldn't shake his hand as I usually do. I could not hug him as sometimes we did on our way out of visits. I just had to sit there with an officer right beside us, listening to our every word. So we kept it light for as long as we could. We talked about Desperate Housewives. That was our favorite show. Wesley's favorite character was Bree, and mine was Susan. And so sometimes he would say, I was having a Susan moment. And sometimes I would say, he was having a Bree moment. But we talked about so many things that day, and I tried to keep the conversation light. But Wesley abruptly cut in at some point and said, you know, Lori, today may be the day. I told him, yes, I did. And he said, we have some, you have things that we need to do. Do you know if anybody's made arrangements? And I said, I'm pretty sure no one has. And he said, I need you to take care of that. And by the way, are you going to be here? Are you going to be my witness? I get to pick a witness. And I said, the state said, no, only your attorneys could be your witness. I told him that my friend who was an attorney, Katie, would sit in for me. And that was the closest I could get to being his witness. And he was in agreement with that. But I ended the visit and I left to go take care of the things that needed to be done. I spoke with the attorneys. I went to their office. I called his mom, urging her to make sure that she got down there, trying to do what we were told to do, which is to keep this a secret that today may possibly be the day. But I made sure that she got there. I called the funeral home to make arrangements for his body. And I went back to the penitentiary and I was surprised his mom was there. Not surprised that she was there, but happily surprised that I was happy because she was there and other family members were there. And Wesley was talking and they were sharing memories and he was making each of them feel special in the Wesley way. And I sat and I just watched and I observed. The time went by so quickly. I couldn't believe that even time had went by so quickly from the time that Maryland had a moratorium to we're sitting here on the, the day that Wesley may be executed. But in my mind, I knew that I had to be his witness one way or the other. And so eventually someone came in and said, it's time for you guys to go. I'm sorry. We all sat there like deer caught in the headlights. Eventually someone said their goodbyes one by one. I was last. I crossed that line. I went up to the bars. He put his arm through for a makeshift goodbye and a makeshift hug. And we said our goodbyes. And he said, please take care of yourself. And I smiled and I said, I will. As we turned to leave, Father Chuck was saying a prayer. We went downstairs on the elevators together. When we got to the lobby, it was very different than when we came up. When we came up, it was empty. Now there were people muddling about, having conversations, laughing and joking. There was food and drinks. And they were ushered into a room where we were told that there was a closed circuit TV where they would watch my friend be killed. We walked outside. It was snowing. But there was another group of people outside, people who didn't know Wesley, but came to be his witness, his witness. They came to protest the injustice, but they also came to be a comfort. We locked arms, and eventually we were told that there would be no stay from the governor's office. And at 9.18, as the crowd was singing Amazing Grace, we were told that Wesley was pronounced dead. Pretty quickly, the hearse comes to the penitentiary, and I watch 
It roll into the gates, and I stand there until it departs with my friend's body. As it rolls up the street, it leaves beautiful white streaks in the snowy covered street. And the snow started coming down so much harder, and the flakes got bigger. And then the lights flickered, and I looked up at the street light. And I remember thinking as a snowflake hit my cheek, okay, Wesley, I'm going to be okay. And I will be your witness one way or the other. That was a stoop story from Lori James Towns about her work as a forensic social worker and the idea that we are all more than our transgressions. Wesley Baker was executed in December 2005, the last person to be executed in Maryland. You can take in a live Stoop Storytelling show this Monday, February 6th, at Everyman Theater, 7 p.m. The theme is Every Body Has a Story, The Body Beautiful, The Body is Battleground. We have more information at the On the Record page at wypr.org. I'm Sheila Cast. Glad you're with us on the record. Hope your weekend is expansive.